All right. <laughs> Welcome to Teacher and Sign Podcast. I have with me a friend, Connie Allison. Um, hi, hi, Connie. Hi, Doug. <laughs> um, we've been wanting to do this for a little bit, and I'm glad we get to do it this morning. Um, so we're going to talk today about fear, um, anxiety, uh, the spirit of fear, and deliverance ministry. Um, so Connie has gone through... Uh, had quite a bit of experience with that and she wants to share some of those things and I wanted her to do that as well. Um, we know that uh, fear is a major player. It's usually, in my experience, every person who has demonic problems has a spirit of fear on some level. And often it's, it's often the very first spirit to enter into a person, usually when they're a child. Um, but it's a, it is a very powerful force, and uh, I myself battled with that spirit and got free of it, um, and that was not easy, but all things are possible through Christ, and so we want to share about that today and especially let uh, Connie tell her story. Um, you know, it says uh, that in the last days, it's I think it's Luke 21, 26, yeah, it says that men's hearts will fail them for fear, you know, for looking after the things that are coming on the earth and the powers of heaven that be shaken. And that really is because they don't know God. And it's because the spirit of fear is very prevalent among humanity. It, it, it's actually a motivator for a lot of things, even war and murder and uh, all kinds of crimes and just a lot of things that people act in ways because of fear. And it is a it is an ugly thing. So we want to talk about that today. Um, we know that fear is very prevalent. However, we also know that uh, God has said, or in the scriptures, it says 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So um, at the same time, we know, or I have known this from experience, and I know Connie has, is that Satan also quotes scripture he did this to Jesus. Um, and so, you know, knowing how to read the scriptures, understand the scriptures, how they apply to us and what does not apply to us is going to be very important in this. And so, Connie, um, I thank you for, for being brave enough to do this. I know it's not easy, um, but I was wondering if you could tell us about a little bit about your journey, just beginning now with, you know, how did all this begin in, in your journey where fear came in? How did that transpire with you? Um, first, I wanted to share something that was, and yeah. I said this to you, but I heard it yesterday and it just sums up um, my life. <laughs> I mean, kind of, <laughs> it's, it's a Matthew West song, but it says, my story is your glory. My pain is your purpose. My mess is your message. In all things, I know you're working one life, one mission, one reason why I'm living all for you, not for me, my story, your glory. Amen. Um, that's awesome. So this, this story is, um, it's for his glory. I went through this pain because he wanted a purpose yeah. in this pain. Um, Satan didn't win. Yeah. Um, so I remember, um, the first worries I really remember was when I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would worry about anything. If I was putting gas in the car, um, smelling gas, oh no, that's going to cause her a birth defect or like 
we, if we had our house sprayed for anything or the yard sprayed, it was like, oh, oh no, I can't smell that. I'd stay out of the house for 24 to one to two days and stay with relatives because I was just terrified to anything I did. It, it was anything I did was going to cause her to have a birth yeah. defect. So against once again, projecting that back on me. Um, but she was born, she was healthy, everything was good. Um, so it kind of diminished a little bit. After that, I still worried about things, but it wasn't like intense like it was with um, the pregnancy. Um, at the time, um, I was living in Oklahoma um, and we attended a small RLDS branch, probably 20 to 30 people. Um, and this was like one of the branches after the splits when everybody was kind of meeting elsewhere. We were meeting in um, someone's home, one of the elders' homes. Okay. Um, we were tr we were really trying to be a group that was close to God, that was trying to uh, study his word. We would have classes and things. Um, so I was starting to kind of open up the scriptures more and more and starting to read them. Um, and then I was reading the Bible one day, I was sitting on the couch. Um, I had two children at that time, two small children. Um, and I remember coming across, um, a scripture that had to do with basically falling from God's grace, becoming a son or daughter of perdition for me, it would be daughter. Um, and I don't know, it was like. I never thought of that before. That had never entered my mind that I could fall mm. from God's grace. And at that point in time, Satan took that, which I realize it was Satan now. I didn't really at that time. Mm -hmm. um, Satan took that and he totally seized that moment and just threw everything he could at me. Yeah. So there's where the fear started. Um, it, it became, I mean, it, it was, it was torturous. It wasn't just, oh, I'm kind of worried about this. It, it was a life changing thing. Um, so that was a, uh, that was a, a really horrible feeling. It just, um, I, uh, from that time on, I couldn't, I couldn't think I couldn't do, I couldn't, I mean, that was all that was on my mind. That's touch your salvation. I mean, yeah. so it's, it's not just a, Oh, I'm afraid to get an elevator type. I did have that too. I had claustrophobia, but, mm -hmm. but I just got in the elevator and, and, and it went away. This was nothing that you could make go away Yeah, because there was just no way. Yeah. The, the, the idea of being cast out in outer darkness forever, or, you know, all that stuff, it just builds in your mind, builds in your mind. It's a terrifying thing. It's like a trap. It's like a like an animal that gets into a little snare where you get into it, but you can't get back out. It's a lot what it's like. I know that's what it was for me. Yeah. No, and there's no talking your way out of it, right? You can't there's reason no thinking, with yourself. No, there's yeah. no thinking your way out or there's no talking your way out. Yeah. It just, it's not possible. Yeah. Because I tried it. It's not possible. Yep. And so, you know, when you, well, you're going to tell a little bit more of this story, but yeah, when people try to help out, they usually aren't helping very much, are they? They're trying to just <laughs> tell you what, well, you just need to. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, just, you're not gonna, just quit you're not, think. Just quit thinking about it. You know. Yeah, you're, you're not going to think your way out of this, and you can't stop or, thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that, and that is many people did. Um, and I don't think I really understood at that point in time God's mercy or grace. That was never really discussed much in the church. It, More no. works based was discussed. Yeah, and I, I so. It, it, Satan just plays with that too. When you are in a religion and there were a lot of good things about our religion or the church that we came out of. But one of the bad things is no, there was not very much emphasis on the grace of God and, and all that. It was more works orientated. And when you right. are works, works orientated, there's a religious spirit at work in that. And so you got to be good enough and you're always in your mind trying to measure up. And so I don't know about you, yeah. but for me, uh, one of the things I struggled with is I, in my mind, I had this s scales, you know, um, here's my bad deeds on the one scale and here's my good deeds. And I was always like, how am I going to, I got to get this high enough, the good side. So it will diminish my bad enough that maybe God will have mercy on me. That kind of thought, I don't know if that was one that yeah. <laughs> kind of sat it, in your it, mind. It didn't even, I didn't even think about God's mercy. Yeah, I literally wow. didn't even that God's mercy didn't even cross my mind. I just yeah. plain did wasn't totally aware of how much mercy he has. Now, one of the things I that is unique about your experience is now there's a lot of people who have had a very similar experience, myself included, with that one passage about son of perdition that that has caused people to go into fear and panic and to believe that they have committed the unpardonable sin. That is uh, something I've seen that's very prevalent. I had that belief as well. Um, but with yours, very interestingly enough, it, it kind of puts you in a different, it was not that you had committed the unpardonable sin so much, was it? It was the no. fear that you might commit yes. the unpardonable yes. sin. Um, and so the real catch 22 with that, which I thought uh, was... I mean, it's just awful to think about, but the catch 22 was you were afraid to get close to God in case mm -hmm. you might become an part, <laughs> you know, a son yeah. of perdition. So Satan just had you in this, uh, no way out. There's just no way because right. you have to be close to God to have, to obtain salvation, right? You have to, right. you have to right. have a relationship with him. And yet, but if you get close to him and find out enough and then turned away or did something bad or whatever, then exactly. you could somehow become, Yeah awful. So that was exactly my thought. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so um, what'd you do about this? And I'm okay. sure you tried so, to get some help. <laughs> yeah. So the, the nights, you know, as nights can be nights were the, the hardest time. That's when the, yeah. the night terrors, I would wake up in the middle of the night, just panicked and just like, couldn't calm myself down. Um, and there was a, a guy that, the, an elder that in that branch, and he told me I could call him anytime. And mm -hmm. I did. I called him two in the morning, three in the morning. Um, I, 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 I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I was so panicked and scared that I had to talk to someone. Yeah. And so I called him many, many times and he would kind of talked to me enough that I would kind of calm down mm -hmm. and that I could go back to sleep. Um, so I appreciate him a lot. He, he didn't understand how to deal with the fear. 
but he did at least offer to talk with me and help me get through just that moment to where at least I could get a good night's sleep. As I said, I had two kids at that time and um, I had to be a mom. (laughs) Like I said, there, there wasn't really, nobody really even knew it was more of a mental illness to Mm -hmm. them. It was like fear was a mental illness. So that's something they couldn't deal with because it was a mental illness. Yeah. Spiritual warfare, uh, demonic things, oppression, not, not talked about, not taught ever Mm -hmm. in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, priesthood didn't have a clue about it. That's, that's a story of every person I've ever talked to, including my own story. Uh, they just, isn't any help in our church because at least there wasn't then for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, even though we have the scripture that talks about, you know, about the powers and principalities, it just, it's like, we still don't, we don't pay attention to that scripture. It's like in there, but, Oh, that's not what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the signs of the believers that Jesus talks about, these, these signs will follow them. I believe they will cast out devils. Uh, when is that ever done in the church? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't remember like ever even that, that even coming up about casting out anything. It was just, I mean, of course they all prayed and, and not, and I'm not, you know, I appreciate that, but that still wasn't, I wasn't getting better. Yeah. So the, the prayers weren't enough. You might get some temporary relief. But you're not free. Right. It, it right. will come back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like there, there was times, like I said, we would have evening classes and it could be anything we talked about. I know in the Book of Mormon, that's what we were studying. There's some mm-hmm. times where certain people were really evil or I, I couldn't sit through those classes. I, yeah. that would immediately stir within me terrified or what how we ter- being terrified I would be terrified so I would have to walk outside and just like catch my breath yeah. and just stay out there um, and again once until I could calm down mm-hmm. <laughs> and come back in um, so anything that had to do with being evil or denying God any of that just yeah. triggered me it, it was a trigger I guess that's what you'd call it as a trigger. So I remember driving down the road. Um, I don't remember if I was coming to or from work. And the thought just came across my mind. If I pull over into this other lane, I can just kill myself by running into someone and and it'll be over. I mean, I, I, I was that early in this. I was to that point. Yeah. Um, not thinking that I would be hurting someone else because that just, I, I wasn't thinking yeah. clearly. Yeah. Um, so even that early in the fear, the suicide was still prominent in my mind because it was, it was just too painful um, to deal with. So pretty much suicide became, I guess what you consider, I thought, okay, if I thought I was going to commit that sin, I would kill myself first because it would have to be better to commit suicide than to commit the unpardonable sin. 
(laughs) that in my mind, that's how I was reasoning it. Yeah. And you had no reason to think that it was anything other than your own thoughts and that you were right. Think you were thinking logically on some level. Um, never, I guess, never questioning because we are not, again, not trained or taught to know, understand these things is that Satan himself is planting these thoughts. I mean, he wanted you to kill yourself, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought about it many times. I guess I was too yeah. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> glad <of that. laughs> so then around um, 1990, um, my husband and I and the kids, we gathered to independence. Mm-hmm. which is, you know, the gathering. <clears throat> and so panic attacks were a part of everyday life. It, yeah. Every day I would have panic attacks. That that was just given. It was something I just had to live with. Um, sometimes I would, I had anxiety so bad that um, I would feel like my throat was just tightening up yeah. and this, my chest was closing up. Like it, it was just it was horrible. And like I said, this is just how I lived every day. Mm-hmm. Then the thoughts, then I would have blasphemous thoughts, what I consider blasphemous thoughts. Um, and then the more you try to stop those thoughts, because I was just trying to stop the thoughts because mm-hmm. I thought if I can just stop them, but you can't stop them. So um, then my brain, and I think it was my brain just, uh, you know, your body has things built in that just protect you, protect mm-hmm. you. Well, my brain would just freeze and I couldn't think, I th- couldn't think of anything. It was impossible to have a clear thought. Um, it was impossible to have any clarity. Everything was total confusion because, mm-hmm. and I think that was just, my brain was so overloaded that it, it went into um, some type of a, you know, coping mechanism to continue to, you know, to live, to think. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but um, I guess, I guess self-defense, it was like my mind froze kind of out of a self-defense thing. Um, Then behind the blasphemous thoughts, of course, the shame and the guilt would come. Yep. That's key. I mean, that's, Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yep. there was a there was a book i i had you wanted you to read and i think you read it was the final quest rick joiner and that really opens up some understanding there because there's this whole army that are basically they've been captured by satan and he's using them but they're christians you know and so whatever sin it is whatever spirits that have hold of them it could be fear it could be lust it could be all these different things but then there was these, these demonic spirits that would, as soon as they would have those experiences, they would also vomit up this shame and guilt, mm-hmm. which people would lap up. They would literally eat yes. this vomit because they they thought that this is just from God or, or something, that this is how I should feel. Obviously, I'm a terrible person. I should feel shameful. I should have all this guilt. But that doesn't come from God. And that, that was one I had to learn. That's not one of the things that the, the fruits of the spirit, right? Shame right. and guilt is not one of the fruits <laughs> no, of the that's spirit not in there. and Galatians. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, that's not and, in there. And shame and guilt does not ever free you. It does not ever liberate you, bring you to Christ. It doesn't get you closer to God. It, it will never no. fix anything and it will never cause you to repent. 
if you repent from shame and guilt, it's a temporary thing and you'll soon be right back at it again once once that begins to alleviate. So yeah, shame and guilt are of, of no real use. Yeah. And yet you'll find that as a heavy mechanism found in many religions, Catholicism, I will say Mormonism. <laughs> I mean, a lot of different religions. So anyway. Yeah. So then we come to the pe- where people would try to tell me I wasn't going to commit the unpardonable sin or that um, yeah. try to explain what it meant to me so that I would feel better. But Convince you. Yeah. yeah, but there again, the the fear overtook anything anybody could have said. There was yeah. nothing you could say to me, nothing yeah. you could say to me yep. that would make me feel better because that that it was stuck, it, yep. it was there and it wasn't going anywhere. So That's something that I would was, I would like to make sure everyone understands this. If you're trying to help somebody, if you're in the priesthood or you're in ministry or you're a pastor or anything like that, you're trying to help somebody. You can't talk someone out of this. I will tell mm-hmm. you that right now, 100%, you cannot talk someone down from the ledge per se. You know, you can't no. do, you can't talk your way out of this. It has to be deliverance and it's a deliverance through Christ alone. It has to come by power and it, and it has to come by his authority and his word uh, we need to learn how to deal with these things. I, I just want to stop real quick and just say, if somebody is watching this video um, and probably just by them hearing you talk about these things um, in the same way where you would read certain scriptures in a study class or whatever, it may be causing an anxiety just hearing about mm-hmm. this. Um, I want you to know there is a way out. There is an escape. And that has to be, that is a part of getting out of this. You have to know this that it is possible that people have gotten out of this and they can, and you can, and you will, um, you just gotta, you gotta come to the Lord about it and get rid of those lies. And there's a a way to do that. And you oftentimes are going to need someone and maybe a team of people to help you with that. So I just wanted to pause there for a moment. So, because I I know this, someone's going to be watching, someone will be watching this video and the, and I think an important first step is just know other people have been through this. Right. You're not yep. alone. So. Right. All right. Right. Um, all right. Well, and I see at that point, I don't think I had anybody that had had fears to this magnitude. Yeah. So I didn't really have anybody that understood what I was going through or even even mm-hmm. if it was a mental illness type thing there, there still wasn't anybody. Yeah. That could understand when I would tell tell somebody when I felt comfortable enough to, and safe enough to tell somebody, yeah, they just, it didn't make any sense to them. It, yeah, if they just, haven't been it, through it themselves, they're yeah. not going to really understand. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, so that, that didn't work. Like I said, there was, there was no reasoning. You could not reason with me. Yeah. So you're not finding help in the church no. at this point. No. And at this point, I mean, I thought the thoughts were coming from me. Yeah. I thought, um, I thought that I was having these thoughts because I was a bad person. I was an evil person. Yeah. Um, so I owned the thoughts, which mm-hmm. again, it, you will learn that you can't own the thoughts that Satan's telling you. Yeah. Uh, but I 100%, I didn't know any better. And I 100% owned everything he told me um 
I would think, but no, I, I really do. I want to serve God. Immediately a thought would come in there. No, you don't. And so then I would think, oh, I guess. I mean, I believed uh, it. I believed those thoughts. Yeah. And and so I was like, I, I questioned myself all the time because yeah. I couldn't really know. I was like, do I want to? Do I not? I don't know yeah. because you've got thoughts coming both ways mm-hmm. at you. Yeah. And you're thinking, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who I am. I don't know if I want to or not. I mean, it just makes you question constantly over yep. and over. Because if you own those thoughts, you become those thoughts are yours. So, mm. of course, they're coming from your brain. So it's your fault. I guess yeah. what's it, what it comes to. It's your fault. Yeah. So I um, got counseling. I went to everybody that knew about depression. Like I, when I looked for therapists or counselors, I would look for anxiety, depression, fear. I would get those keywords in there. Um, I, I went to so many therapists. I, I, 20, 20 therapists probably, um, just one after another, trying to find some help, some, some relief. Um, and there again, they, they, <clears throat> it was hard because it was a scripture that I was afraid of. So some of them didn't even have a clue how to attempt yeah. therapy <laughs> because yeah. how do you come at somebody if you're not a Christian therapist? And um, you can't always find Christian therapists that deal with anxiety and fear. Yeah. Um, so I went through all the cognitive behavioral therapy, the talk therapy, the coping mechanisms. Um, I purchased so many self-help books. <laughs> I probably, yeah. I spent so much money on self-help books and <laughs> like specialized CDs that if you listen um, to the, all these CDs, you're going to be worry-free and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, and it was like, I, I did, I read them, I listened to them yeah. and it was like, this yeah, isn't it, helping. When, when it's a spiritual problem, you can't self-help your, your way out of it, unfortunately. No. It, it's no. not that it wouldn't be some help, I'm sure. And probably some of the counseling and stuff helped to some degree, maybe just having someone that you could talk to and listen and understand, you know, understand on some level, but this yeah. is a spiritual issue and they couldn't, they couldn't really deal with the spiritual end of it. Right. They can. Yeah. They they talk they talk to you, mm-hmm. which uh, in a way by getting it out there and just telling someone, yeah. then they would just they would sympathize with you. I guess yeah. is what is Maybe. the best that they could do. Maybe offer some coping mechanisms. But, right, but not, I got lots of coping mechanisms. So. Yeah, but not the deliverance itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So again, I'm going to stop and say here that I was, I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, and fear. And I was diagnosed with a mental illness and, and that's what they said. I am mentally unstable. So in my mind, this is what I'm diagnosed with. Mm -hmm. I'm mentally unstable. Again, back to me, I am. And Again, I, I, I owned that I am. I, I owned that thought of I am and because it was coming from me. Yeah. So 
it, it had to be my problem, my bad, my evil, because it was coming from me. It becomes and, part of your identity. You yeah. Know. Well, it, it was my identity every day. I mean, I lived it every day. So yeah. there was no getting away from it. Yeah. No getting away from it. So I began to work at CPRS in the kitchen okay. um, and in the lunchroom to help pay um, my son and daughter with there. And so to help pay for that, I would volunteer there. Um, I met another couple of ladies in the kitchen that they had um, went to two elders that were in the church. And they said that they had received help from them for some of their worries and some of their anxieties. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was... I was just grasping for anything. I would grasp for anything I could find. Yeah. Um, so they told me they lived in the Independence area and that they would just, you know, gave me their phone number and they would come out and talk with me. So I contacted them and I set up some meetings. And this was a bad decision. Um, I don't remember a lot of what they said now except that they confirmed that I could commit that sin. Mm -hmm. And by confirming that to me, I spiraled downward. Yeah. Um, every time after they left, I would lay prostrate on the floor of my bathroom sobbing. These are two priesthood, two priesthood members of the restoration. That's right. Okay. Yes. I mean, they're, they're telling me, okay, you, you can commit this. And while, yes, it's true, people can commit it, it's not something you tell someone <laughs> just flat, straight out yeah. that's worrying about it, that's fearful about it mm -hmm. to, you know. Um, so that was, that was, I don't even know why. I just, I kept having the meetings and afterwards I would go cry on the floor. It was just like, yeah. I don't know why I just didn't stop, except yeah. that I guess I would say, you're told go to the priesthood. The priesthood have the answers. Um, that's what was my understanding. The priesthood have the answers, so you go to the mm -hmm. priesthood. And yeah. so that's what I was doing. That's I was just doing what I thought I was supposed to do or what I should do. Yeah. But anyway, so that led me to where um, I had to be admitted to a mental hospital after that. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to a hospital in St. Louis, um, and I was there for 10 days. Okay. Um, there was some kind of, they had some very weird therapy. I don't know. It was, I think it was kind of like going back to your childhood and trying to drudge up things from your childhood. But um, all in all, you were with other people that had fears, that had anxiety, mm -hmm. that had depression. So it was a comfort yeah, in a way, okay. it became like a, a haven. And I got on medicine at that time. Mm -hmm. I hadn't got on medicine because it was kind of, there was just some people in the church that were like, medicine, you shouldn't be on medicine. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you go to the priesthood, they'll help you. Um, yeah. But I'm going to tell you, if you need to be on medicine, you need to be on medicine. And I'm going to agree with you. I'm, I know this is some people are going to disagree that hear this mm -hmm. podcast, but I'm going to tell you right now, because um, there is some people have an aversion to medications and things like that. Um, and yeah. the idea of taking them, that that's not the way forward. Well, while it's true that the medication is not going to 
actually solve the issue, um, it can help for a time if you need it. I mean, if you're talking about the difference between killing yourself, you know, or maybe possibly killing someone else in the process or something along these lines, you need to get some help, whatever help it is. If you haven't found what you need to do, it's okay to get some medication. I know um, I had a family member that had some Xanax, I think it was, or whatever, and they weren't yeah. using it anymore. And I got yeah. to, to such a desperate point in this fear. I, I had this uh, for a year. It was so bad that I took some of that it didn't do a lot for me, but it took the edge off enough that I was actually able to finally go back to sleep occasionally or maybe mm -hmm. have one peaceful day or something. Um, and that helped me get through a tough, a really rough patch. Ultimately, that wouldn't that would right. not be my my savior. That was not what would get me out right. of this, nor, it, nor would it, it be yours. It treated your symptoms. It treated yes. your symptoms of yeah. The anxiety, the depression, it treated those symptoms so that you could function somewhat. Yes. There's a scripture that says there is now no condemnation on those who are in Christ Jesus. And so I'm just going to say this. There's no condemnation. If you need to take some medication, if you're going to counseling, they give you some medication. It mm -hmm. may work for you. It may not work for you. It may be something you isn't going to be a good thing for you. But if you find something that helps you, it's okay to do that. There's no condemnation. Right. This right. is not a just lack like of therapy. Faith. Just like therapy. It's okay. If yeah. you go to therapy and you get some help, go to therapy. It's yeah. okay. I mean, I know that medicine, therapy, all these things are kind of somewhat looked down upon because yeah. we have the priesthood. But that, no, if you find that, if you find help in that, yeah. it's a temporary relief, but it gives you something, some relief. And it's the same thing with medical issues, uh, because uh, we had a couple of people I know that, you know, no, I'm not going to go see a doctor. That's bad. God doesn't want me to see a doctor yeah. ever. And they had a real medical issue and they were just going to believe in faith. And they kept asking for prayers, but it kept getting worse. Hey, yeah. believe in faith, get prayers. But if it's not getting better... And yeah. like your life becomes in danger. That's a problem. And they end up both of them in the hospital with yeah. millions of dollars worth of bills because of how bad it got. So that is a scary thing. I mean, just, it's no condemnation. It's okay. You're, it Christ is not going to condemn you because of a lack of right. faith. If you had to go to the emergency room, if you needed some medication, if you needed surgery, like, yes, ultimately in the kingdom of God, we'll get to the point where the signs of the believers and miracles will begin to transpire more and more as we, draw closer to him, but it's not a condemnation to get the right. help you need, you know? So, all right. Well, right. I think we yeah, harped I, on I that mean, long it, enough. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it may save your life. It, it literally, yeah. I mean, it yeah. may save your life. It's not going to cure you. It's not yeah. going to take away, but it may save your life. And yeah. like I said, you can function to some degree. Yeah. Well, but um, of course I had, I had a little bit of guilt. Because I had been told, you know, medication, you know, don't get on medication. So I had a little bit of guilt, but I knew that I was to that point that I had to. Mm -hmm. And so I, it didn't matter at that point in time. I, I knew I needed the medication. And so yeah. I did get the medication. Okay. But it was, the hospital was, I, I almost, I wanted to stay in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't ever want to leave because I didn't want to go back to the outside world. Yeah. Because... In the hospital, you were with people that had other things that you had, and it just it, it was it became a comfort 
place. So I don't know. It was weird, but it was, it was, um, it was a comfort place. Yeah. Just having someone actually understand you and, and instead of looking at you with a blank expression, like, well, it just don't think about that anymore. Like it's good to know yeah. someone understands. Right. So, right. Yeah. They yeah. can't cure it, but they understand what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, so get, after I got out of the hospital, I got a medication. Um, it wasn't a cure. Of course, I still struggled. I, mm-hmm. I still had lots of bad days and I had lots of anxiety still. Um, uh, I, again, I said, you know, I have to be a mom. So I'm, I'm trying to be a mom. I'm trying not to let my kids see what's happening to me because I felt like I was protecting them. Yeah. Um, by not letting them see the severe things that I was going through. So I, I became very good at hiding my fear, hiding my anxiety, hiding my depression. You put that fake face on and people are like, how are you? And like, oh, I'm fine. You know, I, I became excellent at doing that because I had to do it so many times because I, I had become, I'd become aware that people wanted to help, but they didn't understand. Yeah. And so it was just better to hide it just to not say anything. I guess that's for, for us and you're, you and I are both worshiping at the same congregation right now. Um, One of the reasons we wanted to get away from, we didn't want to go to church anymore. We didn't want to do church. We wanted to Mm -hmm. learn how to become the church. And this is one of the reasons why, because this, my whole life, and I don't care whether someone has experienced what you've experienced or they have other troubles they're going through. It could be anything. When you go to church and someone asks you, how are you doing? We, it's not a safe place traditionally, hasn't been. No. When people say, how are you doing? A lot of times it's not because they really want to know. They just, it's like this polite thing you do. And so you right. politely say, I'm fine, even though you're not. And when that's taking place, that's not the body of Christ (laughs) at all. But if you continue to tell them what was wrong every time, then you're a complainer. So, I mean, the safest place is just to smile and say, I'm great. I'm fine. I mean, and that was the safest thing to do. So I, I got really good at doing that. Yeah. Well, then... Um, I developed another fear. I developed the fear of driving. Um, And to some people, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I could be driving down the road and I could hit a bump in the road. And immediately I thought I hit someone. Wow. So then what do you do? You turn back around to check to make sure you didn't hit someone. Mm -hmm. Then you're just, you're going in that continual cycle of, continually turning around my kids at at one time even said mom why are we turning around and i'm you know i just made up an excuse because i did i turned around so many times because in my mind i literally thought i could hit someone and i would not know i hit them and then i would feel guilty because oh what if i did i really need to take ownership if i did satan had you literally running in circles (laughs) <laughs> That's true. I literally, I did. I I would turn around, turn around because when you check once, 
that's yeah. not good enough. You have to check again. And that's yeah. what fear, that's what fear will do to you. <laughs> you, you just, yeah. I, it was a, yeah. Fear's, was, yeah. fear's not rational. <laughs> it, but you, yeah. There is but, no rationality, but you can't use rationality to get out of it either. So <laughs> you, anyway, yeah, you can't use rationality <laughs> in it and you can't use rationality yeah. to get yeah. out of it. Yep. So after the fear of driving, um, then the OCD kicked in, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, that's checking things. You would constantly okay. check the stove because maybe you left the stove on. You'd check yeah. the water faucets because maybe you left the water faucets on. Um, so then it was constantly going back into the house, checking, 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 checking. So how I coped with this one was I would be the first one out of the house. I can laugh about it now. Yeah. I would be the first one that was out of the house and everybody else would have to check the things. And so then I could, that's how I could rationalize it. I, so uh, that's how I, got, I dealt with that one. Before I got free of fear, um, I, my getting free of fear came in stages. I don't know if I've ever really fully explained that the, the really horrible anxiety panic attack stuff was dealt with in one stage, but I didn't realize fear wasn't fully gone yet. He would show up in dreams, but I, I had some weird things, uh, side effects happening because of it. And I didn't really realize I had fear, um, for a while. I thought maybe I was, it was gone, but I had something similar to that. And I would go and lock the door to the apartment, you know, before, you know, in the evening at some point, make sure no one can, you know, it's locked. Okay. I know that I locked it. I can remember locking it, but I would get up and have mm -hmm. to lock it again or check it again. And yep. then I would check it again. And I was three or four or five times a night. And then I'm like, yep. I'm, I'm doing, and at one point I literally thought I'm going crazy. <laughs> like, yep. why am I doing this? You know, <laughs> it doesn't well, make any I sense. I thought I already was crazy. So yeah. I'm just getting crazier. It was just part of life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it was. Yeah. So there one morning I woke up and I literally, I couldn't feel my arms and my legs. Mm -hmm. I mean, every part of my body was numb. Wow. I could walk, but I couldn't feel that I was walking. And so I was like, Oh, I don't know what's going on. So, um, went to the ER and uh, happened to be my sister worked that was at center point. My sister worked at center point at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and they called her and she came down just because I was, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I was scared. Yeah. Um, it was a scary experience to not feel your body. Um, and so they checked me over, couldn't find anything wrong with me. So they changed my medicine um, to a different medicine and said that all they could say that it was just, um, it was from anxiety and depression that basically from the mental illness I had yeah, is what they, That's... they kind of said that it was from, again, I think it was my body shutting down to yeah. protect itself. Yeah. You're going through a terribly stressful thing. Yeah. It's our, I mean, our bodies are, are wonderful things. They, they can protect us in certain instances. And I think many times my body just shut down because it couldn't handle yeah. what was going on. So, so anyway, that was, so I went again. Um, I did outpatient mental health this time. Okay. Um, 
It was a, a hospital. I think it was called Two Rivers. I think they're closed now. Um, so I did outpatient for a while. Um, and again, it was just being with people that were going through through this fears and anxieties like I was. Um, yeah. Getting more coping skills just to deal with the fear yeah. and the anxiety. Survival. Is what it was. Yeah, survival. So, I mean, functioning as a human being was pretty much impossible. I mean, muscle aches, mm -hmm. um, sleeping issues, irritability. I couldn't concentrate. So holding down a job was really rough. I did it at times, but it just, mm -hmm. you're kind of like in a cloud and you're going through your day in this cloud because you just, your, your mind and your, your body just isn't there. Yeah. And so it was just, it's just something you have to do if you're, if you're going through, I mean, at this point in time, I don't know, I'd probably been going through this for 25 years. So, yeah. you know, my body was, was pretty, um, pretty bad and miserable. And I was miserable. I was very miserable. And there was, um, also times that, that I would uh, crawl in bed and I would just get in the fetal position and there was, I'd stay there because then that was the, more the depression, I think coming out, but, um, mm -hmm. I, I would, I would stay there and it, people would say, come on, you need to get up. And I, I couldn't get up. I, yeah. I, I couldn't. So that was not fun either. <laughs> that was yeah. a horrible. So I, again, it was, it was just escalating. It, it was, it wasn't getting better days that would be, I could somewhat function, but, but most of the time it, it was detrimental. Um, so then one time um, I was, I had been administered to, mm -hmm. um, but I was administered to by uh, two elders. Um, and during this administration, the only way I can explain it is it, uh, felt like a vacuum was in my chest and it was vacuuming out everything that was in there. Okay. Um, I mean, I literally felt that. And, and that's why I explain it that way, because it was like somebody just stuck a vacuum and it's just coming all out. Um, after that, it, I could tell that I had freedom. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was joyous. I was just like, wow, I feel so different. Like it's gone. Um, but as I walked back out to the car, I could feel it seeping right back in. Okay. And when I got, by the time I got home, I was back to where I was. I, I never have, I guess I've never have understood what God's mm -hmm. purpose was, um, in taking it for that instant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, um, it made him a little more real to me. And I think probably I didn't commit suicide because I would look back on that and think, you know, he's, he really is there. Yeah. A glimmer of hope maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. it is possible to get free. You didn't stay free very long. And, uh, this has always been one of my current concerns when I'm working with somebody to get free is I realize that person has to come to a point where they're ready to be free. I don't know what happened there, but I do think it did give you a measure of hope. 
God allows things to take place. And um, so you knew it, it could be possible to be free. Yeah. You experienced that freedom for a short period of time. Um, yeah, so what, it was removed. So so then it, it sort of seeped back <clears throat> in. It didn't take a look. Because really your, your thinking hadn't changed yet, right? No, no. That's My thinking of, was still the same. And that's I, part of the problem with the magic yeah. wand of having the elders pray over you. It's it's like a magic wand, like boing there, go out and and be free. But if your thinking hasn't changed, if the patterns of your mind and the and the the same issues that scared you and frightened you and that you didn't have understanding of before remain, it's it's a pathway back in, I would think. Yeah. Well, and I didn't still even at that point understand that it was spiritual warfare. I was still on the assumption okay. that it was a mental illness. So, okay. um, so right there, if I'm still not understanding what the real root issue yeah. is, then yeah. it totally would have came back because I had no, no coping things to under, you know? Yeah. So from your so, standpoint, in a sense, you had just gotten a healing. It wasn't that spirits were cast out, but you got you, a healing. Right. But then the healing went away. And that is that would be very bizarre, right? <laughs> like, it, 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 and it was. Happen? Like yeah. I said, I pondered that many times thinking, what in the world? Why, what was the purpose in that? Why, why did yeah. God do that? But I mean, you know, it, it did give me some, some hope. And like I said, there was times when I'm holding a bunch of pills in my hands, just yeah. wanting to take them. And I would remember that moment. And, and so I don't know, there, there was a purpose in it. I, I yeah. God doesn't do anything without a purpose. Yeah. So I think I, I have a feeling, I don't know if this is true, but I have a feeling that their prayers and their concern for you was so sincere, you know, it wasn't just like, well, I'm priesthood, we do this, whatever. But there was a, maybe this was a very sincere effort by two very sincere men. And although they didn't understand that it was a spiritual problem, they didn't know that they that there were demonic spirits that need to be cast out, right? That you need deliverance. Right. They need to work with you in that at all. They were assuming it was mental illness. But yeah. even though they weren't dealing with those spirits directly, I believe they had dealt with them indirectly in that I know that the spirits just, they don't, they can't stand the spirit of God for number one, Right. Um, and the sincerity and love and kindness of people, that's just, that is just anti them, right? And I, I think right. something took place, maybe the sincerity of these two gentlemen and their great faith that they were exercising, that those spirits, even though they weren't casting spirits out, they had to flee that room, right? They just had to, they had to that, get out yeah. temporarily. That That's the only thing I think maybe possibly that happened. And that's why once you left and then the prayers weren't going on anymore, they were like, okay, is it safe to come back? You know, <laughs> that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. I mean, yeah, the spirit was so strong because I could feel it just, you know, mm -hmm. taking everything out of me. So, yeah, yeah that totally makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. But they so, crept back in, and, and where did you go from there? <laughs> so, um, pretty much God to me was, I he was at arm's length with me because I couldn't get close to him. But yet at the same time, I didn't want to stay. I mean, I did go through times in my life where I kind of walked away. Um, 
and just kind of did things that how how I wanted to do things, did mm-hmm. lots of sinful things, just, I don't know. It just, I, I mean, I had time several times in my life where I did yeah. that, yeah. Um, but I would always come back. I mean, but. Um, you think some of that was a, uh, you think some of that was a coping mechanism as, as well? Getting like, away uh, from the, yeah. Yeah. The, the main issue of, yeah, of God. Yeah, well, you're it, in a sense. Uh, I guess you could when there's no answers in religion, but the problem came from religion. You probably yeah. probably falling into sin, uh, just getting away from religion or, or walking away from it may even be some sort of temporary relief on some level. I mean, you're not you're not relieved, you're not delivered, but maybe it gave you a temporary soothing, you know, that's what people use these coping mechanisms for anyway, whether it's drinking or whatever it is, because maybe they get a temporary relief. And sometimes that's all people know to have. They don't know what the way out is. So, yeah. Yeah. I, it was, it was like a break. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Which is is weird, but it was like a break. Yeah. Sure. You took. So I, anyway, I would always come back to, at one point or another, I would come back to a church and, yeah, and of course, then I go back into my cycles of, I mean, and, and, and even when I wasn't going to church, it was never gone even then. Yeah. It, that thought was always still in my mind. That fear was still always with me. The anxiety was there. It, it never went away. Um, so anyway, while I was watching a podcast one day um, that you were doing, okay. you mentioned something about fear. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was my key word when somebody said something about fear. So I immediately emailed you and I was okay. like, well, yeah. But, and I explained, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, but what about this fear? And it was like yeah. I was... I was desperate. It was like, I just have to find out maybe if there's something else, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I don't think I really expected a response back, but it was just my reaching out. Um, but I don't know how, you know, you received the email. I don't know exactly <laughs> how you phone. felt because you get lots of emails. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, because I have been where you were, although your experience is different. We all have unique experiences. Everybody is a little bit different, but there's also a lot of similarities. And when I read that, of course, I I just immediately had compassion for it because that was the worst thing I'd ever gone through in my life. And I, when I got out of it, I told people forever, I said, I would not wish this on my worst Mm -hmm. enemy. I would not wish it on anybody. I wouldn't even wish it on Satan himself. Like it's it's so awful. I don't wish it for anyone, you know. And when I read that, yeah. it's just like my heart. I felt the compassion. I'm like, wow, you know. And you had suffered so long with it too. That was the one of the worst things about it. it was just like a lot of years. So I don't I don't remember how I responded, but. I know I had to well, respond. <laughs> well, one of the things that you responded, which um, which really hit me, was it's not your fault. Okay. And that was 
I had always, always taken this as my fault Mm -hmm. that something I was doing. And of course the thoughts itself become, because they're coming from you, that's Mm -hmm. you. So that's your thoughts. Um, But that was, that was like, it's not my fault. (laughs) I mean, it was like, it's, it's not my fault. I mean, it was just like a, a, like a light bulb, like really? I mean, that was, it it was just an eye opening thing for somebody to say, it's not your fault Mm -hmm. when you totally think everything is your fault. Yeah. I must've done something wrong, right? That I'm suffering this. Yeah. yeah. So then um, pretty much things begin to change. Um, I don't know how we want to go into this area, but um, I did meet with, with you and your wife and, Um, some others and we discussed um I I told you what I was going through and finally I was my eyes were open to this was spiritual warfare yeah and so what I had been treating as a mental illness was a spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. so I think and and that was even in itself um it took, it took a little bit of, oh, I guess you'd say paradigm shift yeah. to understand and think, really? Yeah. I mean, this is spiritual warfare? I mean, because think, it... If you think about it, if you, if you go to a doctor and they misdiagnose you, and because they misdiagnosed you, they give you the wrong treatment, you can get worse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> not better. Um, and, and until they diagnose correctly what the problem is, you're not, it's not going to be helpful. Right. And this whole time people are praying for your mental health, your mental illness, trying mm-hmm. to just get rid of worry. It's more than just that. There is a spirit that was not entertained or really understood before. And, right. you know, and your mind is playing with you. You must've done something wrong. Why am I suffering here? You know? And so, yeah, those things had to be addressed on some level. Yeah. So then I began, um, I think you asked me to come to church. And so I came to the branch. Um, and I mean, I don't exactly remember the, all the details, but I do remember that I kind of told the branch what was going on. Um, a little bit, not in full detail like I have now. Yeah. You um, you were keeping a lot of it hidden. Yeah, I was still keeping, yeah. I, yeah. I told them the basis of what I thought they, you know, yeah. need to know. And When we first, when we did first meet um, that night, I know you wanted to, to be delivered. And there mm-hmm. wasn't a deliverance, and I knew there wasn't going to be a, a deliverance. I knew that you were starting the journey on your deliverance. And that was hard for you. I know that. Um, that was but, very hard. Yeah. And I that broke my heart. Um, and I, I know God wanted you to deliver you right there and then. But because of our agency and because of we are allowed to you know, choose. And that part of your choosing and, and the changing of your thinking about this and accepting certain things, his truth and not the, the lie that Satan has been telling you, that it was going to be a little bit of a process. And that, that could be hard to hear, but that is a lot of times a part of deliverances. It's going to be a process. And the, the thing I, I knew deep down in my heart is you were going to have to come to the point where 
you wanted to be free so badly that it didn't matter who knew and it was just all out there and you were desperate enough to do anything and you know it was yeah. it didn't happen right away it didn't happen at the church i kept waiting for it for no. the full confession and the full confession didn't come it was like uh, well i'm struggling a little bit and you, you were kind of vague with it and people prayed for you earnestly yeah. did you get any kind of relief in those interactions to some degree yes yes i okay. re remember after that they after the prayers like you you had a little bit of freedom i yeah. i had some freedom yeah. and so yeah the when you told me that it wasn't I, I wasn't going to be delivered. I, I, I busted. I started crying. I, I was like, I'm not going to be delivered. I'm so delivered. sorry. I make a lot of people cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Usually not intentionally. <laughs> it, I mean, it's just, you're, you know, by this time, 35 years I've been battling this. And it was like, you're telling yeah. me that I'm not going to be <laughs> delivered yet. right now. So yeah. it was, it's just like, that's a hard pill to swallow. It would have been so cruel of us to say that you're delivered and then you found out you yes. weren't. You know, that yes. would have been so we have to be honest, we have to tell the truth. And like yeah. I knew you weren't ready for it yet, but only because you were still you were still buying the lie and we had to deprogram yeah. <laughs> we had to deprogram you a bit and make sure we're targeting what we're doing with you and and get you to the point where you're now ready. Um, because we somewhere along the line these spirits come in because we must have invited them at one point, right? And the sad thing is they usually come in with we're such an age and a vulnerable point that we don't even realize we invite them in. It's really, it's it can be as simple as this. They plant a thought in your mind and you grab hold of that thought as a truth on some level. You don't even realize you're inviting them in, but that's how they, one of the ways that they get in. So how they got in is not necessarily important. Yeah. I but, never did. I never did know that. I don't know yeah, that still. Some people do. And sometimes that's a part of the process, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, but you definitely have to come to the point where you're dealing with whatever it is that is the open door. So until that door gets shut and they're not coming, you know, and regaining all that again. Yeah. we You have to get to that process or that time where you're ready for that. Yeah. And I don't, um, if, if you're, um, going through something, fears, anxieties, whatever it is, um, some type of addiction, the, and you, I'm going to go ahead and say, read your book oh. just because <laughs> I have, just because it helps you to understand it. It's, it helps you to change your mind from this point to this point. Okay. So, I mean, it is, the, the book is very helpful because it helped me to see a new way of looking at what I was going through. For the record, I did not ask Connie to hold my book up. So No, he did not. <laughs> so it would increase he did book, not. So it will increase book sales. No. Uh, he uh, said number one, nothing. First of all, I don't make any money on these books. So when you buy them, like I don't really get anything from them at all. So basically just covers the cost of them. No, but, it is it's the power to tread on serpents. And yeah. it like I said, it it gives you a basis and gives you an understanding of spiritual warfare and deliverance ministry yeah. so that you can wrap your head around spiritual yeah. warfare and deliverance ministry. And you need to do you need to wrap your head around that. Yep. Yeah. 
I might as well say there's also for those who can't get the book or don't know how to get the done right on this yeah. channel, there's actually a series of videos where I basically go through much of what's in that book. Um, it's spiritual warfare videos. You'll find them. They're pretty early in yeah. this channel's history before it became teacher in Zion, but you'll find it on this YouTube channel. If, if you just need to look at those, you can, it is important to have people that have gone through this and not just this head knowledge, but, Someone, yeah. you know, yeah. someone has actually been through it. That's what you need usually uh, to help you through. The person that helped me get free also had a spirit of fear and had gotten free. And yeah. so, and he couldn't find any help in the church for years. And they just sort of like, eh, you know, they didn't, they didn't comprehend it. He had to go outside the church to some Pentecostal kind of place and find someone that people said, yeah, this guy takes care of spirits and demons. And yeah. it was it was amazing. He's walked through this parking lot at, to find this guy at this church. And he just said, I, you know, I've got this spirit of fear. And the, and the man said, do you know when you first got this spirit of fear? This is my friend Gary. He said, no. And the guy just put his hand on his head suddenly. And he said, <laughs> Jesus, show him when he first got the spirit of fear. And he literally had a vision of when he was a child and seeing some movie or TV, you know, show or whatever. And this, he saw the image, what he saw on the show and how it so frightened him. That was the beginning point. That was the entry point for fear. And he says, do you see it? And Gary's like, yeah, I see it. And he says, <laughs> he's like, Jesus, take the, you know, cast the spirit out of him in the name of Jesus Christ. And he was free. And it's like, what? Yeah. Is that easy? You know? So sometimes it happens very quickly like that. Sometimes it's a process. It doesn't, none of this has to do with a failure in anybody's part. There's just different ways that it happens. Um, and it, it's a shame on us that we were the <clears throat> one true church <laughs> with authority, supposedly, right? <laughs> and yet we, but we know nothing about spiritual warfare. We right. know nothing about casting out demons. We don't know. We don't even talk about those things. And we that was so sad. And one of the many, and I would just say many evidences that the Lord showed me over the years that guess what? You're not the one true church. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, that was silly. Um, so anyway. So yeah, watch watch the videos because yeah, there's I think six or seven videos mm -hmm. on spiritual warfare. If you if you can't get the book, if you can't, it, you know, pretty much you cover the same thing. But yeah. it's like I said, the reason I'm saying it not just yeah. because Doug wrote it. I'm saying it because it helps you to understand truly what you are going through you're not going through a mental health crisis you're yeah. going through spiritual warfare and you need to change your paradigm shift in your mind to spiritual warfare because yeah. that's how you begin to work on getting free is when you understand what you're going through part of your part of your process on your road to deliverance and uh, also, I, we probably should mention that I think you had some trouble reading it at first, right? Like, because the spirit of fear was trying to oh. grip you oh, when you yeah. read about these things at first. But the, here's the thing that I knew. Mm -hmm. I knew you were going to be free because you were like, you for a moment there, you might have been, you kind of may have jumped back from it. But then you're like, no, I'm not going to let this stop me. And then you would try again. And I gave you, I think after you read my book, I gave you more scary material to read that was even worse. Yes. And <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> and one of them wasn't yeah. even a very good book. It was one I was trying to read too, and we both abandoned that one. And it wasn't because I it, know it I was like, for, there, it wasn't, there's nothing it wasn't, in this one. It, no, it wasn't for fear. It was, it was because it was just horrible. But yeah, um, yeah. But, but no, you, as as you're reading, well, as you're reading the book, you're you're reading about what yeah. you're going through, yeah. and it will it's going to stir up a lot of anxiety and. Yeah, it's you're gonna want to set it down and just say no. I don't want more anxiety, but you <laughs> you have to yeah. understand where you're at. So people may or may so, not experience that when they go to read it, um, but this is this seems typical of Satan can do this. It's he wants he certainly wants to discourage you from reading some and getting some knowledge that will help you get oh, free yeah. of his lies. I mean, he's, he's gonna, yeah, he's definitely gonna want to tell you not to read that. So, but the key oh, here yeah. is you persevered. You became, you, and you have to, Yeah, you have to, yeah. you have to be willing to persevere. And even if you build up to that willingness to persevere, sometimes it takes a little bit of build up to persevere. Yeah. But yeah, at that, at this point I was like, um, I don't care if I have to be prayed for a thousand times. I am I, because I had gained yeah. a little bit of freedom and I yeah. felt that. Yeah. I was like, I want this. I mean, I, like, I want to be free. It's just like real life. If you were literally in a physical prison and you got a taste of freedom, you got a little taste yeah. of freedom and you want more, like, you know, it's possible. Like, I need to get out of these bars. You know, I'm going to get free. I don't care what it is. Yeah, takes. I would. I would get some freedom when they prayed for me and I, but it just, I knew it wasn't gone. I, I could just feel in me. It wasn't totally gone. And so I thought for a while there, I wouldn't text you because I was like, Oh man, he's, he's going to be disappointed. I don't want to bug. I don't want to bother. Not oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's going to be disappointed because they prayed for me and it's not gone. That And that's a thought that may go through your mind is yes. I was prayed for once. It should have left then. No, yeah. uh -uh. not no, I always. Knew, I knew you weren't free. And no. also I think I, I was telling you that even when you do get free and you've experienced this too, and I experienced yeah. it, is that even when you do get free, because you, so many years have been spent in that pattern, oh, your mind, yeah. even your brain has, yes. uh, there's a science to it because aside from the spirituality of it, when you think there's thinking patterns, they build neural pathways in your mind that yep. become like a super highway. And those have built up over time. Those can get burnt yeah. out and they will, they will be dismantled over time. But, there is an inherent weakness because the reason why Satan got to us that way to begin with is that we had a, an inherent weakness for it. Well, that's okay because the Lord says he'll take your weaknesses and make them strong. He'll turn it into a strength, which he is doing with you, which he's doing with me because I got to be a part of your journey and getting free and you will get to be a part of other people's journey and getting free. This is a strength that gets turned around. But just know, and this is so important, that if you get free, Satan's going to come back and he's going to be knocking on that door of fear. And you may begin to feel those things again. You yeah. have to go to battle against it. You have to stand on it. You have to do whatever it takes. You need to call upon your friends, have them praying, whatever needs to be done. But you don't give in ever. And uh, yeah. for me, I I heard this song uh, Awesome God, which I saw was on your list. You had a yes. By the, by the way, Connie has a playlist of songs. We'll put the, we'll put that up of some songs yeah. that helped her get through and, this. 
And I'm, I will say that um, I developed a playlist because three important things, and, and you'll, and if you watch the videos or read the book, um, you have to rebuke Satan. You use scripture, just like Christ used scripture. You use yeah. scripture against him. So there are some scriptures. I memorized some scriptures yeah, because I wanted them right there when you're fumbling for a, oh, where's that scripture? Yeah. You, I, I'm just going to say this. When, when you feel like Satan's knocking at that door again and you're fumbling around looking for a scripture and it's like, <laughs> oh, I need that scripture. It. I, it yeah. helped me to memorize key scriptures because uh, I could just say them right then. And then you talked about praise and um, there's so many songs out there, praise songs. So I had a playlist in my phone. And so I would do that. I would rebuke, I would use the scripture and I would had my playlist right there. I would yep. play those songs to praise him because you're, you're, then you're getting your attention on God. Yeah. Um, For those who have never read or studied out spiritual warfare on any level or haven't read the book or seen, got through those videos, um, it is important to note, worship is one of the most powerful weapons that we have against the adversary. And the best way that I can describe it is what I was shown is that it essentially makes them nauseous. So it makes them sick and they can only take it so much and they'll start to flee from you. So, um, you know, if you're just standing there rebuking Satan, that only goes so far because right? on some level yeah. it's putting the focus on him. So if you're just rebuking him, but you still kind of feel he's there, then, then doubt enters in all this kind of stuff. He loves that. He, he wants you to focus all on him. Yeah. You know, I, I will say one time, one time I'm like, no, thank you, Satan. I'm, I'm not having it. You know, I, the, I am God's child and that's an end of it. You know, get away from me in the name of Jesus Christ. But you don't wait for him to go because he's going to sit there like, eh, are you sure oh, you yeah. believe that? Are you <laughs> sure you believe that's that? It. And so yep. once I've said it, I go yep. about by and I go about and prove it by just getting into the Holy Spirit by praising my God. He says, enter into my gates yes. with praise and into my courts with thanksgiving right thanksgiving. so yes. i just start praising and thanking god and i start talking about all the wonderful attributes attributes of god which is another thing i memorize like his attributes and wonderful things about him i start talking about him praising god satan can't take that he's gonna have to get out <laughs> there eventually so yeah well another thing with the the scriptures like one of them is um i'll just read for second corinthians 10 3 through 5 you need or for me, it helped to personalize them. Um, so yes. I would like Second Corinthians, I would say, for though I walk in the flesh, I do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So Amen. personalize that scripture. And this scripture right here was really good because you're bringing all those thoughts captive. Yeah. You're doing something with them. Yeah. And so uh, personalize them. Now I'm going to put up a list of some of those scriptures 
um, so that some people have those as they can start building their own repertoire. It was like a, it's like a, a cache of weapons that you have, you know, you open up your weapons box and you got all these different weapons yep. you could use, but they're scriptures. Uh, and so that was something that helped and you personalize them. I'm going to put a few of those up on the screen so people see them. I know one of them that I brought to you early on, which was that you had to decide you were going to believe in is that uh, in uh, John, he says, oh, yeah. God is love. And yes. what I, what did I tell you about yeah, that? You said, but, and, and, and just after you said that, I was thinking, but, and then you said, no, buts. Yeah. There God is no, but is after, love. No, but no, after God no is but love. after that scripture, that's, <laughs> he is love. It doesn't say, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I knew how Satan worked. I've been there. I mean, he's like, yeah, but you know, it's like, there's no, yeah, yeah but you, you believe the yeah. word of God or you don't, you can believe Satan. He's going to tell you these things or you can believe God and God didn't put a butt there. So now yeah. should we. And, <laughs> and it was important too, because, um, you, you told me that once it was gone, something about the, where your house is clean. Yeah. I think it's a Matthew two and they will try to come back. And you yeah. did tell me that, they would try to come back, which yeah. yes, but that they would not be able to come back in. And I think that was important for me because of that experience I had where it did come back. Yeah. Um, I think that was why I really needed that scripture. Yeah. Um, now that I think about it, that was so important because. Yeah. It can be a scary scripture when you read it the way it is, but it is a good you need people need to know because I went through that too. He came back numerous times, come back trying to get me to buy in that fear again. And so what's going to be very important is you learned not to own those thoughts that he plants. Oh, that's mind. so important. And that would have been his way in. So, so long yeah. he may, he may harry you for a bit, you know, kind of like push you around a little bit, try to get you to, and all that kind of stuff. And it, and it, it stinks. And you can call upon mm -hmm. your friends and you can worship and something. You, you will get past it, but he can't come back in unless you're buying into like, well, maybe, maybe there is a, but after all. And if we do that, then we're going mm -hmm. to be letting him in. You're not going to do that. And anyone that right. gets free of this is not going to do that. Once you begin to taste that victory, you taste that freedom. You're like, I'm not going back. I don't yeah. care how long I got to beat this guy off of the stick if I have to. Yeah. He's not coming back in my life that way ever again. And, you know, fear is a normal part of human life, right? So we're always going to have some fears we'll battle with and stuff on occasion. Yeah. But what you were going through is not normal fear. What I went through mm -hmm. is not normal fear. You can't talk yourself out of it. It has to be dealt with spiritually. It has to be done with the power of God and by his word and by worship and doing those things and having people stand with you. Um, it's not that you have to have somebody you could potentially get free yourself because you're not alone. You have Christ, but it does right. help, doesn't it? I mean, it helps a lot it, to have someone. Oh, it, yeah. It helps to have somebody or several people that you can call yeah. on or that you can, it, it just encourages you to keep, keep going. Yeah. Um, but we, we know like the scripture that says God has not given, given me and I put me the spirit of fear, yeah. but a power, love and a sound mind. And I was like a sound mind. I, I, I literally didn't know what a sound yeah. mind was. I was like, I, I don't know that I'll ever have a sound mind, but I can say that I, I do have a sound mind. So yeah. 
Yeah, it, that was that was that's a good one. Doesn't that's sound a like short one. Doesn't sound like someone can... with mental health issues. You have a sound <laughs> no. mind. <laughs> no, and I and I'm sure and I'm sure that after this podcast, Satan's going to come knocking again, and and probably. I mean, and that's going to happen, and I understand he's, that's going to happen now. He's lame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so having having people. I know that I've always got people that I can call and say, oh, this is going on. Yeah, you know, I'm I need struggling. some help. And yeah. yeah, I'm struggling. And, and that's important to have people you can talk to. Yeah. Very important I, in this journey. And I don't, I don't know if we, we've laid it out in the story here, but it, um, you're, the deliverance, the, the point where you finally actually got free of this to the point that you are now today was when the second time you asked for prayers at the church and this time you got up. Now I was so proud of you. because I, I knew this was a struggle for you. I was just waiting for this moment. I was like, I know this is, but I didn't want to tell you, I, 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 I was struggling with, sometimes you have to just do it for yourself. Like you have to realize like, I got to do, I got to do something here. Well, and I, you feel it's vulnerable. You have yeah. to be vulnerable. You have to, it's yeah. like you're standing there, I don't I, naked and you're, yeah. I and didn't want to push you and that's I didn't want to push you before you're ready. And so I was so excited when you stood up and I knew what you're going to do. I just, I could feel it. You got up <laughs> and you walked to the front of the church. You didn't just no. stand at your seat. You walked to the front of the church where, where we have a chair that's always sitting there for anyone who wants prayers. They can just walk up there and, and no, it's not just elders that come and, anoint you or something, but our whole congregation and anybody who feels led will come forward and lay hands on you and pray. But you stood up and you confessed the whole thing. You didn't hold anything back. You told how many years have been going on and what was going on and all the things. And you, you know, may not have given every single detail, but you weren't hiding anything. You let it all out and you just confessed. Yeah. This is what's happening to me. Like I, I'm desperate. I need this to be gone now. <laughs> yes. And yes. so everyone's like, Wow, you know they didn't realize because it was only a few of us that knew what was going on with you, right. truly, right? Yes, and a couple yes. of them weren't even in the church; they were pe friends right. of ours down in the Ozark. So uh, yeah. most of our so, congregation didn't have a clue. Pretty much two you, of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't until you fully <laughs> confessed. So you'd already got prayers from the church at one point. It helped. It helped, but it wasn't yes. the, the full release because they didn't know what they were needing to do. And it, it's helpful. Right. So you confess it all. That's the way the church ought to be, a safe place to confess everything. Yes. Just put it out there. And, man, those people just came to you and they laid hands on you and prayed fervently and with passion. And you got free. You were a different person. Yes. You know? Oh, I I consider that my um, life-changing moment. I Yeah. I definitely. Yeah. And you're still I, on I'm a, a journey. I'm a different person. I'm yeah. still on journey, but I'm, I'm a different yes. person now. That was the, that was the, that would be the par the, the paradigm shift in your life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that. I guess I'd consider that my born again, because literally, yeah. you know, I, I am born again. I, all I want to do is serve God. It's, mm. it's totally a different, I mean, and I don't have to, I mean, I wanted to before, but I couldn't. I felt like yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. But now it's like, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to hold yeah. him at arm's length anymore. It's yeah. like, I can go in there and I can sit down and say, God, I just want to talk to you right now. Yeah. I mean, 
It's so different. It's so different. Because he loves you, Connie. And that was when I first got your email that very first time, it wasn't just that I had this compassion because I'd been through that and that was a big part of it. But I could feel as I was reading your letter, I could feel God's love for you and his desire to have you free. And you know what? If God wants to see you free and if you want to be free, it's going to happen. What's going to stand in his way? And what's going to stand in your way? What can separate us from the love of God? That's a scripture, right? Yeah. What can, what can separate yep. us from the love of God? So we can, you know, by buying, yes. into, by buying into lies. Not because we're a bad person or we did something wrong. Right. But we just bought into the lie. And, and we didn't know how to combat right. that. We didn't realize it was a spiritual thing. And, and it's okay if it takes you some time to get there. Don't. I mean, yeah, for me, it was discouraging because I'd been doing this for 35 years, yeah. but um, don't give up hope. Don't keep going. It, it may take a little bit of time and a little bit of a journey to to get these over and over to cast, the, you know, mm-hmm. to continue through this, but it's it's so worth it. It's yeah. so worth it. Okay. So don't get discouraged if, you know, I think some people think, oh, I was prayed for once, so it didn't go away. So, you know, it's not going to work. Don't yeah. do that. Don't do no. that. No, you must persevere. You must decide you're going to do whatever it takes. If you got, like you said, if I got to get prayed for a thousand times, I'm going to yep. do it because anything to get exactly. free. And it is so worth it to get free. Uh, no, God does not want you to live like this. He doesn't want you to live in this terror, Mm-mm. this constant, uh, horrendous. I mean, that's not, that's not life. Uh, it's Satan. And he got you in a corner and beating you down. And we don't have to take that as a child of God. We can stand up. Well, there was something, and I don't remember the exact word you used in your book. When you're um, having fears and things, you're you can't serve God. Your your gifts are muted. They're, there was what yeah. was there was a word you used. Yeah, there was a word quelched, you used. Maybe squelched. 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 Suppressed. Yes, and suppressed. that is so okay. true because yeah. all of your gifts are suppressed in you. Yeah. God doesn't want your gifts to be suppressed. He wants you to use them. No, he, he, then the day that he made you, he had a vision of a good thing uh, that he wants to be expressed in the earth. He wants you, your personality, your gifts, you are a gift to the world. Every single one of you are everyone that's listening to this message right now. Um, God did not intend you to come down here to be a prisoner and to Mm -hmm. just live in agony. Uh, mental and spiritual anguish. Uh, he wants you to be free and he has made the way to be free. So uh, we yeah. just got to, you know, it's not going to be, hey, just call for the elders, put some oil on my head and pray some good right. prayers. That's not going to be enough. You have to cast those spirits out. You have to do warfare. You have to understand how they work and why they work. You have to turn off the lie. You have to turn on to the promises of God and you will get free. God will see to it. His power is can free us. So thank yeah. God, because I cannot imagine having being still. I would probably not be on this earth today if I was still where I was at. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No, it was. I don't know. I'd probably still be searching, but <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to search anymore. Yeah. I'm me so too. glad. And and even I will be honest with you. Even as I'm doing <clears throat> this podcast. I'm getting some little thoughts 
Yeah. He's throwing some little thoughts at me and yep. you know, I'm, it, it's, it's still, but it's just, you're able to yeah. fight them. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Because every, every time I do a podcast, I feel anxious because that's normal. But when Satan has exploited that in the past, he can ramp it up a little bit, you know, which he was trying to yep. do with you. I know that. Um, but he doesn't get the victory. At the end of the day, right. he goes home the loser and you're free, right? You right. may have had a little battle with him, but you're free. And this is one of these things because it hasn't been that long that you've been free. Um, right. And so, and I, and what's funny is even when he finally seemed to go away forever with me, he wasn't forever because it could be five years and have some really bad mm -hmm. thing happen in my life. And suddenly I'm in a dark place and he will come a knocking again, you know, yep. and I, and I even had some panic attacks briefly for a while. And, but then I overcame them again, you know? Um, so it's, it's one of those things we all have our, every one of us, we have our weaknesses and Satan knows what they are. He tries to exploit them, but you know, I, someone said this one time when Satan comes knocking, let Jesus answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to yep. put your email. I guess you gave me permission. You're, if you're not backing down, I'll yes. put your email on the screen in case someone <laughs> wants to contact you. <laughs> I'm not backing down. I told you I'm not backing down. <laughs> somebody's got questions or just, you know, wanting direction yeah. or whatever, you're welcome to contact her. You're welcome to contact me. Um, there's the videos on this uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. And yeah, all the I, way I look, to the beginning. I look very different than I do now. And, <laughs> and they're, they're really kind of poorly done. They're live videos, actually. I went live, so there's no nice editing or nothing. It's just, it's kind of horrendous, but the information is there. But, so yeah, you, that's what I was going to say. The information <laughs> that you need is there. Yeah. And so, and that's, that's all that matters. Yeah. Doug yep. does look very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm recording on my I'm recording on my mobile phone. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you, but yeah, it's the important part is information that you yeah. need to get that information. Yeah, if you are if, if you do want the book, I'll go ahead. Like I said, I don't make money on it. I'll go ahead and put a link or a couple links or something in the uh, on the screen or in the description, so you can go there. You'll find it on Amazon or wherever you can buy books. So if you want to get the book, you yeah. can do that. And you're, you're welcome to contact us. Of course, there's only so many people we can uh, try to help at a time. But the important thing is when you, when you go through these things or when you learn about them, or even if you don't have the spiritual problem yourself of that level, but you know, people that do, if you read the, that book or go through the videos, that's just a starting place. Um, what you do yeah. is you take that little bit and then just go to God and he'll fill in all the rest because ultimately there's, there are principles that you can learn. That's why I would say there are principles that I've learned when it comes to deliverance and spiritual warfare. But beyond that, everything else has to be listened to the Holy spirit and let him guide you in it uh, because that you're going to need that. You can't just come at it with just book knowledge, but the book knowledge will right. get you. The book knowledge will give, tell you most of what I know at this point yeah. and then God can take it from there. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, like I said, the, the important for me was the book book knowledge was changing my mind from a mental illness to spiritual warfare. That was Ch changing an mindset. important. Yeah. That I needed that mindset change. Mm. Yeah. 
look at it a different way. And that's half the battle, I guess. Knowing yeah. what the problem actually is to begin with is half the battle. I mean, you... yeah, because that's that's why it could never it could never go away because it was never yeah. cast out, and it yeah. had to be cast out. Just like a disease that you don't know which disease it is or whatever, you can't. Tr- you have to know what it is to treat it, right? And that's right. Absolutely. And you don't want to. You don't want to just treat the symptoms forever. You eventually want to get the root. Absolutely. And get that root out of there. Like I said, it could be addiction. It can be different fears. It, it, there's so many things that has a root from Satan. So. Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to share at all? I think that I've kind of covered everything. All my little notes here. <laughs> well, I think I'd like to just end on this note. If there, if you are struggling with the spirit of fear or any spirit, um, whether it's anger and addictions or whatever, I just want to say this 100%. You can be free. Yeah. And if you decide that you are determined to be free that you're going to find out how to do that and go for it. And you're going to believe God. There is nothing that's going to stop it. And you will be free. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen the next day, but it is going to happen. And what will happen is God is going to meet you right where you are. And you find whoever you need to talk to, get whatever support you need to do, get some music, get some scriptures yes. down that you can use as weapons. And I'm just going to tell you this, take every thought captive. That was one of the scriptures that Connie yeah. had. Take mm-hmm. every thought captive. The things that are in your mind are not your own thoughts. Some of them are from the devil and you need to take them captive, reject them. You need to replace them with the promises of God. This will be part of your journey. And just know that you're going to get, you're going to get free because Jesus says so. Mm-hmm. He came to set the captives free. And now when he empowers his servants, they also He's still setting the captives free. He's, he, he uses people, and but he's still doing it, and he will set you free. So I just want to encourage yeah. you in that. Uh, do not be disheartened. You can and you will get out of this. You yeah. just got to decide you want it. And now that you've heard what it is and what's really going on, maybe you've got some tools in your bag, and that's a right. beginning to your journey. And this mm-hmm. and there, one of the scriptures I gave to you, Connie, that uh, I think would be good for closing this out is the one that says, he who began this good work in you. I thought about that one earlier and then I was going to say it and I didn't. Yeah. Yes. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. That's right. He's going to complete it. Yes. So start that journey. He's not going to let you yes. down. You might walk away for a little bit or get discouraged or whatever. If you stay on the path, he's going to take you by the hand and he's going to take you to the finish line. So I just want to encourage yeah. everybody as, as we we go out of this. So thank you for coming on Connie and being brave enough, mm-hmm. courageous enough and putting up with Satan's little tantrums that he's putting up because you're going to share this because other people are going to get free as a result of this. Ultimately that's, yeah. that's why, but in the end we had the victory. So thank you for coming on and uh, thank you for listening to everybody out there and supporting this channel because I know um, there's people out there that need to hear this. Um, yeah. and it's not our power. We don't have any power, but God oh. himself has made a way and we're yeah. just, we're just messengers. We're just sharing the good yeah. news. We're just a vehicle. <laughs> we're just the vehicle he's using right now. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, that's like I said, that's why I said that one 
my story, your glory. Now this might make more sense. My story, your glory, my pain, your purpose, my mess, your message. In all things, I know you're working one life, one mission, one reason why I'm living all for you, not for me, my story, your glory. So that's why that, when I heard that, I was like, oh man, yeah, that's totally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Lord will bring those things into your life too, those songs and scriptures or whatever it is that you need to hear. So, all right. Well, awesome. Um, Everybody out there, God bless you until next time we, we meet. All right. Bye.